Welcome to season four, Fostering Change, the number one podcast in adoption and foster care. You know, each week we speak to the most amazing good humans about topics that touch each and every one of us. If you have a guest suggestion or interested in sponsoring our podcast, please visit us at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, sit back, enjoy, learn, get motivated, and let's speak to some fascinating guests. You know, it's so hard to believe that we have already kicked off season four. Um, I have just been so, so excited about my next guest. You know, you know when you have a good guest is when they've been on your show before and you ask them to come back and you can think of any reason to ask them to back, come back. But for me, it's when he has a new book out. Now, you all might remember my friend Gideon. He had actually written the book, Giving. I talk about this. It sits here on my desk. Everybody, you know, my assistant have talked about this. Well, now my friend Gideon has actually got a workbook out and I'm actually been using this. Um, and today actually happens to be National Philanthropy Day. So without any further ado, um, Gideon, welcome back to Fostering Change. Thanks, Rob. I'm so glad to be back and to be able to talk about the book. How exciting. I know. On a special I know. day I too. Yeah, well, I was really lucky that I actually got to come out and I got to visit you. We got to meet in person, um, you know, and again, I consider you and your wife my friends. And and when when David, our mutual friend, my my producer of Fostering Change, told me about your workbook, immediately I was like, okay, we have to have Gideon back on. So um, the first thing I want to know is why'd you write it? Wow, that's... um. That's a, a great question. You know, there's a quote from the Dalai Lama that says, if you're, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try to sleep with a mosquito. And that's the same thing with philanthropy and why I wrote the book, because I think that everybody out there um, doesn't really look at themselves as, as a philanthropist. But if you read my book and you read the stories that are in it, it shows you that you can have an impact on this world just from one small kind gesture uh, one small kind donation to really leaving an endowment or something that will live in perpetuity to make your existence in this world continue on forever. So that's why I wrote the book was to help to inspire people to continue to give. You know, Gideon, I have to tell you, the, the thing that you just said, you know, about, you know, the act of kindness, you know, I feel like we live in such a society nowadays that it seems almost hard for people to have that act of kindness. And we have to seem to look for it a lot harder than we did before. And, and you know, I understand, you know, today being National Philanthropy Day, and as you know it, we all get a day. I mean, now they give you a day for chocolate and everything else, but I think I think it gives an opportunity for people to really stop and think about how we strengthen our communities. And for me, it's about what you said. It's about that act of kindness, that, you know, small donation that you might seem that it gets small, but to the person who's receiving it is huge. If, if, you know, for someone new who's listening to Fostering Change and, and you know, they're really talking about, you know what, I, I really want, and what I say is I want a, my legacy to be a legacy that I was a giver and not a taker. What would you tell that person? Well, I think that, you know, first, first thing to understand is that, you know, there's a really big secret that's out there 
uh, the secret to happiness. And, you know, I usually reveal that pretty quickly in my talks. You know, the secret to happiness is giving. And, uh, you know, you discover that really quickly when you help somebody either, you know, take them across the street that can't make it across the street on their own, or you find a way to financially support someone that's in need. And so once you start getting into it, it just becomes addictive. And I think that the key thing is, is being a leader and sharing with people your stories and things that you've done, Rob, or that your colleagues have done or your family has done. And there's no shame in telling people that you've done something nice for somebody else, because all it could do is become more infectious and have a bigger impact on this world. And that's, I think, what we all want at the end of the day is for our existence to continue on in, in this world and for people to remember us for the good things that we did. You know, um, I do agree with you on that, but I also understand that in the very beginning, I was a taker. I mean, I didn't even think about the fact of giving. I was consumed with taking and living the, the life that had the most money and the biggest house and the fancy cars. And it wasn't until my children arrived and it was being that parent and giving that act of giving, did I realize how humbling it is to give. When, when was that aha moment for you because I truly do not believe that we're born with that. Well, I'd say probably, you know, there's usually that's event driven. So, you know, while I've been involved in philanthropy and, you know, chairing a charitable organization for a long time um, in Southern California, you know, for me, it was something that was, you know, a traumatic event that occurred. My, my son was killed about five years ago. And it kind of thrust my family into the limelight of having to basically deal with a major trauma at the same time of trying to really just find ways to function. And we found really quickly that it was very hard for us to respond to the requests that people were making to us um, since, you know, you know, since Blaze's death of like, how can what we can do to help? How can we help you? And, uh, and there was nothing people could do at that point in time. We were just grieving and, and going through tough times. And what we found was really turning it around saying, here's how you can help. Why don't you help out this organization here that focuses on foster children? There's an or organization in Orange County that, uh, that focuses on children in need. And in one night, we were able to help to crash the servers for the organization by the number of donations that were redirected off of our you know, uh, grieving in our difficult situation and turning it into something that uh, took, uh, you know, really a difficult situation, making lemonade out of lemons. And after that happened, it really spurred a lot of new ideas for me in terms of ways that I can help to motiv motivate and inspire people. So that's, that's my aha moment was really just going through a really difficult time. Yeah, I think that's so very similar to a lot of people when it comes to either that 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 tragic moment in their life, which, by the way, you know, I know your story. My heart goes out to you and your wife and your daughter every time I think about it. But for other people, it's that aha moment of when they somebody's either given them an act of kindness or they have had the opportunity to change someone's life. And this in your new workbook, you know, one of the things that I love about this workbook is how it it's in, first of all. For everybody, you know, um, it's the workbook for giving. I'm going to tell you right now, get this book first, 
Okay, get this book first, really read it. Um, you'll see my copy, it's highlighted and stuff. But then the workbook was so easy for me. And one of the things I want to get to in the beginning before we take a break is narrowing your focus. You know, I think a lot of times for people like you and people like me, it's hard to narrow our focus. I'm this guy who wants to say yes to everything and try to solve every problem there is. Where would you say for someone like me and all of the watchers and listeners who are similar to me and like you, how do you narrow that focus? Where would you say that would start? Well, that's a great question. I think that we have a lot of uh, different type of types of ways that people give. They get solicitations in the mail every month from different organizations asking for money. And I know some folks who, regardless of, of where the solicitation is coming from, that they'll write a check, you know, $25 or $100, whatever it might be to a variety of organizations. I think as a philanthropist, which is really encompassing pretty much anybody that gives, what you learn as you go along is you start getting to the point where you really want to have impact. And so when you start to narrow your focus and you look at the organizations and the opportunities that really have something where you see result coming from them, then you can narrow your giving to those organizations where you can actually have that immediate impact and immediate feedback that you get from the giving that you do. So, you know, when you see organizations that provide results, like comfort cases, you know, what are the results that you deliver for every dollar that you get as a, a gift? How many suitcases and, you know, how many packages can you deliver to foster children? Right. Yeah. And so those are the questions that a, a, a giver should ask to be able to see what the results they're getting. Yeah, I always tell people all the time, if you're going to open up your wallet, make sure you look at someone's 990s. Um, you know, before we take a break, <laughs> it's something, before we take a break. Should we I, talk about 990s? <laughs> oh my gosh, like we could do a whole show on 990s. I am, um, and, and I'm a little anal when it comes to looking at other people's 990s because I'm just shocked about it. I'm just, but in, but you know, that's a whole nother show you and I could do, but there's something that you said that I want our listeners to really listen to. And it's the first time I've ever heard this. And I never, ever considered myself a philanthropist. Never. I thought people who were philanthropists were people like, um, I just finished reading um, The Road Less Traveled, um, Ed Hajim, he was the first, he gave um, a $30 million endowment to a college, and to me, that was a philanthropist, you know, right. I know all that you've done, and you know, you're a philanthropist, but you made the comment, if you have given anything you are a philanthropist. Wow. I, yeah. never, I didn't realize that. You don't have to be a billionaire to be a philanthropist. I mean, you've got Warren Buffett and Bill Gates that have led the charge for, for billionaires to do their giving pledge. However, what's the definition of philanthropy? If you break it up, phila and thropy, right? Okay. Yeah. Phila and thropy together from their Latin roots is basically loving mankind. And I think that most of us in this world do that. Wow. Wow. Listen up, everybody. Season four has been an amazing season already. You know, I will tell you, that was my aha moment to hear my friend Gideon say that because I has it have in my mind that you have to have billions and millions before you could classify yourself up into that philanthropy level. But guess what? 
love mankind, and you too are philanthropists. You know what? We're going to be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, like usual, it's always a great conversation, and especially when you have a conversation among friends. You know, when we took the break, um, I really was truly serious when I said that aha moment of, I'm a philanthropist. Um, probably you are a philanthropist. And I think that for so long, we just thought that that had to do with how much you gave within dollars and cents. But Gideon, you know, philanthropy, you could be a philanthropist, as you told me, love mankind. You know, I have volunteers who come into my national um, organization, which is now international, and um, they volunteer hours after hours after hours, packing comfort cases to send out to kids who are in foster care. They're philanthropy, ph philanthropists as well. Um, so, somebody like me, or let's say, you know, they didn't read your book, Okay, giving, but they they actually somebody gave them your handbook. Number one, I want to know what inspired you to write this. You already had a book out, by the way. The book is amazing. It's you know, you can get it on Amazon, everyone. What made you now write this? So I think that the book that I wrote has a lot of action items in it. You know, I spent the the um you know the pan basically the whole quarantine pandemic working on the original book on giving. The workbook is really a supplement that helps uh, the reader to actually create a document that helps them to understand what their purpose, value, and vision is for giving and philanthropy. And so we published it just as a way to help individuals and organizations to be able to map out what they want to do with their giving and something that's an easy workbook for them to do. I also do have it on the joysofgiving.com website as something that can be downloaded as well, or you can get it on Amazon either way. So, you know, so much, so many times I'm seeing corporations who are really trying to inspire their employees. So we've noticed a huge increase, even at our charity, where companies um, that are, you know, having these packing parties, so, you know, their employees can actually experience doing that. I, one of the things I got from your workbook is this, you know, could truly be a team building workbook when it comes to corporations who are really trying to increase whatever level they want to in their organization. But I really see that this could be a, a real key and a tool for helping them. Are you seeing a lot of corporations looking at this? Um, I'd say more like charitable, charitable foundation boards mm -hmm. and trustees. And, you know, there's usually, you know, the, the round table of the folks usually sitting at the, at the table for charitable organizations are philanthropists and people that are really involved in it. So this is uh, something where it helps them all to unify on what their visions are for their organizations and also for, um, you know, their personal giving as well. 
So on the corporate level, not as much yet, but uh, happy it. to talk about it with them. Yeah, we totally need it. Let me tell you something. I, I think, you know, I, and I say this quite often, you know, I run my, my organization like a business. I think businesses need to run their organizations like nonprofits. And, you know, I feel like, you know, this handbook truly could inspire people to really, and you, this one line that you said that I absolutely love how you said you know, um, get ready to change the world. No, yeah, get ready to change the world and change your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I have to tell you, that is, that is so true, that when you become a giver, you truly, it does change your life. Yeah, it's true. It you does know? change your life. Yeah. So, so what is the moment where you think as one good human to another good human, you know, I, I've read your book, I got your workbook, you know, and I really want to say, you said the secret of happiness is giving. And is there ever a time that you feel like you haven't filled your cup? Wow. Um, I mean, I'd say that I think we all have those moments where, you know, it's just looking for something to change your day or something to give you a mood booster. And I actually have a, like a quick story. The other day I was in a parking lot, just went into a store to go get some food and came out. And I was approached by a woman that I kind of saw when I was going into um, to go get um, some food out of the, from the store. And she came over and she started a whole story with me about you know you know we uh, you know basically with you know we've got a kid and we're living out of this car and she's like giving this whole story and i i stopped her and i like i didn't want to hear anymore not because um uh i didn't respect her uh her story but all i knew is this is somebody that really needs something right now and i don't know what they're going to use it for but you know i gave her some money out of my wallet which i don't you know necessarily like you know, do all the time, but I just knew that that would be something that would change your day. And like her eyes, like almost popped out of her head when I just, you know, didn't even ask any questions. I'm like, here you go. And I said, I hope this is going to make it a better day for you. And yeah, the only thing I ask is that you try to make somebody else's day better also. I love. And that. she said, I will. And when she said, I will, I'm like, God, you know, it's like, that's the butterfly effect. Like when you really want to try to have an impact on somebody else's life and you know that it's going to keep on giving because of what you did like that's a good mid booster yeah i mean i i absolutely love that but i'm going to play the devil's advocate you know we're having such a huge issue within our society and i'm seeing this across the country is where we have people who are um and and we have i live in a very small town and we have the same group of people that are coming and the same group of people that are are requesting money and come to find out you know they're getting into their hundred thousand dollar cars and i mean it's been all in in our newspaper and stuff yeah. and i think it really scares us away sometimes for giving kind of person who comes walking up to you i just don't understand how you knew that she was the one well that's i think that you're you're on to something that's a big fear a lot of us judge because we know that the money might be going towards for drugs or alcohol and um in fact a couple of weeks ago there's this guy holding up a sign on the street and i'm with my wife in the car and i roll the window down and like he's holding this sign with like really graphic picture, like save Mark or something like that. I gave him like a dollar. And then I asked him a few questions because my wife was like, are you sure like that's legitimate? 
And I realized it really, it wasn't like he didn't even speak English. He didn't even know why he was holding up the sign. It was just kind of like a ring of people right. trying to raise money. But, you know, I, I looked at it and said, well, maybe they needed the money more than me, even if it's for a surreptitious cause. Um, somebody, somebody needs it. But my, my bigger point is like, that is so rare and infrequent. You know, you could put some statistics behind it, but the majority of your dollars, if you're giving and you're looking at the 990s and you're going on Charity Navigator to understand what a charitable organization is, you're doing your research. When you're doing it on the street, it's really just something that's an act of love and kindness. And as I heard in a, a speech from a rabbi one time, it's not your job to judge other people. It's just a decision of whether or not you want to make society better or not. And yes, you'll be defrauded in many different types of things you do in your life business, charitable, unknown to you, whatever it might be, but those are really small parts of it. And you shouldn't harden your heart because of that feeling. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the amount of giving that's given in this, in the country, us, we give over $440 billion away a year to charity. And the average family that makes between 100, 200,000, we give away four, over $4,000 a year in charitable giving. And the majority of that is going through more traditional giving channels. It's not like you're giving it all to, you know, those folks that you're mentioning that are on the street right. in your town. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have to tell you, I, um, you know, New York City is one of my favorite cities to go to. And there is a particular person in New York City and they hold a sign up and they say, I want to buy a beer. And I will have to tell you, I give I give them. <laughs> I give there you go. I mean, at least time. they're being honest about it. I yeah. give every single time, and I always say, "Thank you for being honest." You shouldn't yeah. buy that beer, but you know what? I'm putting I'm putting a couple dollars in this this pocket for you. You know, yeah. Gideon, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. You literally. I hope people go to your website. I hope people get this workbook. I hope that you you get more and more people to get you to come and speak because you do really inspire. Some of the things that you say, like, first of all, you definitely have a man who has so much in his head when it comes to like quotes. And um, I, I love that. I'm just going to sit down with you one day and just write them all down because, you know, you are right about the non-judgment of what a rabbi said. And that's something that each and every one of us should realize. And, and I, I do believe that, you know, there are so many people out there who need a helping hand, but I also believe that everyone should educate themselves. And thank you for bringing up Charity Absolutely. Navigator. Um, I, it is Charity Navigator is something that I use. Most people think because I have a nonprofit, that's all my husband and I give to, but we do not. We give to so many other organizations that we have such a passion for um, because everybody should help. You know, everybody should help and we should make the world a better place. Listen, everyone, the book is the workbook for giving. Um, also, his book is giving. You can get them on his website, thejoyofgiving.com. If you are interested in booking my friend Gideon Bernstein, please, I'm telling you right now, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. Until next time, this has been Fostering Change. And do me a big favor. You know, I'm going to um, quote this one more last time that my, and we get it right again. Get ready to change the world and go change your life. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Rob. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. 
Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.